0: Welcome to the Palompo PR Podcast. My name is Lisa Dixon and each week I will be bringing you an inspiring Scottish business person who will be telling us all about what makes them tick both at home and at work and everything in between. This will be a totally uncensored, authentic and I hope entirely relatable show about how building a business and juggling the work-life balance is a reality. Today, I am interviewing Ken Morris, founder of a new executive search business, MG Search. Now, I must confess that Ken is more than a client of mine. He's a very good friend. He went to school with my husband, is married to one of my best friends. His kids are the same age as mine, and he's a birthday twin with my son. But the thing that makes Ken stand out is his insatiable energy, I hope you enjoy listening to Ken, his story and hearing more about headhunting and executive search business. to the Palompo PR podcast.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Well, I'm glad to have you here. Now, we're back in my um, suite at the top of a fabulous building um, in the centre of New York. You know, we've really progressed here as a business, but I thought I would just tone things down and go back to my home office slash dining room. Um, There's no fire on today or candles, Ken, unfortunately. Normally, I I do that, but I didn't want to. No romance. No romance. Sorry. Sorry, not for you. Um, So, let's hear a bit more about you and... MG Search. Um, tell me, when did you start the business?
1: Um, the concept was uh, a long time ago, uh, it's always been in the making. Um, but we officially started trading in August um, 2018. Um, with, as I said, a lot of time gone into it before that, a lot of thoughts, um, a lot of market research, and obviously actively working within the executive search world. Um, So yeah, August 18 was when we actually kicked
0: off, yeah. And what is executive search? Now, I know about it because I work with you and I help tell the story to the press as the PR consultant working on behalf of MG Search. But before I was working with you, I had a vague idea. Is it headhunting? Is it just standard recruitment? And when we first went through those stages of me quizzing you on the business, You rolled your eyes at me a lot and went, no, no, it's not that. No, it's not that. Yes, it's this. Yes, it's that. So, no, well, exactly. Never. Never were you just disapproving of my thoughts. So just how do you describe it? If someone says to you, you know, eh, from a non-work perspective and they don't know what headhunting executive search is, how do you explain it? What what actually is it?
1: So I think in in its simplest terms, it's finding the very best talent for for businesses. Um, So that can be... Um, everybody can find somebody that uh, has got a CV that matches a job description. Mm-hmm. Quite often we don't have job descriptions uh, and executive search is finding the very best talent that um, people can come in, they can fulfil a role within a business, but more than that, they match the culture or the chemistry of a business and of the people at the helm of that business. So I think that's where our skill comes in, that's where we differ. We're not square peg, round hole, we're not contingency-based recruitment where if we manage to get somebody over the line with you fingers crossed then we get some we get a fee for it Mm -hmm. we we work as a partner we work a very consultative quite quirky consultative um, uh, approach so that we get to know all the candidates we know the market um, and we, we manage to actually tell clients exactly who these candidates are. So warts and all, who the people are. And who
0: is it's going to fit their organisation.
1: Yeah, so we give them a choice ultimately. We find, so we present a short list of people that, however many number of candidates that is at the end, and they should be able to do the job, absolutely no problem at all. But it's then down to the culture and the chemistry. So... The acid test of the business, whether it's going for a beer, glass of wine, mm-hmm. whether it's um, a dinner to see if they can uh, hold a knife and fork properly, and they fit whatever in it is, the to, culture. See, to see exactly yeah. that, to see how they fit. So I like to think that we're good at reading people, that's the skill, and anybody that's in, uh, in MG Search um, has that skill uh, over anything else of being able to read people mm-hmm. and understand. Find it when people are telling you the truth, mm-hmm. and find it when you need to push a wee bit further on that, so that we get a really um, in depth and accurate understanding of who somebody is uh, so that we can then go into a boardroom and say, here's your three, four people. Uh, I'm recommending uh, that we put these guys forward and through your formal process, ask me anything about them, I Mm -hmm. can tell you. Um, I can tell you all about them.
0: So you're vetting constantly to try and find the right people on behalf of your clients, but it's only senior level Talent. So you're only looking at what sort of level of staff and what and what industries really do you work in?
1: So se- senior management, head of roles, uh, director, right the way through C-suite, so chief exec, um, CFO, etc., and onto sort of board, uh, um, uh, non-exec okay. and uh, chair appointments. So across across the market, we would work. So what would term it as cross-sector, cross-discipline? Okay. So uh, we would work you know, with a wide suite of clients. Um, Operating from a base in Scotland, bases in Scotland, I I don't want to be pigeonholed, I don't want to just operate in oil and gas or energy, Ah. I don't want to just operate in food and drink. Um, Our speciality is not within these individual sectors. I have a background in in food and drink, some of my colleagues have a background in professional services, Mm -hmm. um, etc. But that's not our speciality. Our speciality is, as I said, finding the right people for the right yeah. companies. But that's our speciality. Is that
0: not true of all business in Scotland? I mean, as a PR consultant myself, I can't say I'm a purely consumer PR person. I am a corporate PR, oil and gas PR, trade PR. I'd like to, well, I have to spread myself over all those areas because, well, there's not enough business in one sector purely, perhaps, in some um, industries, but equally, it's more fun.
1: I, I think so. I, th- I think you've got to be careful. I think there are about I think there's eighteen thousand two hundred recruitment companies in the UK.
0: Really? Um, yeah. So there's okay. Not them. much so, competition. So then. Some some of
1: them <laughs> are the big PLCs, likes of where, where I've been and some of my colleagues have been, um, and some of them are uh, you know more boutique uh-huh. specialist firms. So for example, we mentioned oil and gas energy. There's a lot of people that specialise yeah. in real technical yeah. oil and gas. Um, focused roles um, and then there's others that are maybe you know one man band mm-hmm. uh, one woman band one, whatever one person uh, you know, and they could be operating in their underpants in the back bedroom you know <laughs> I, I don't know but, which is your
0: normal style but, but today it, you yeah, put on a suit I put on a suit for today
1: <laughs> for a podcast um, so but yeah, so I think we as I said deliberately work across that I, I did a lot of work within the life sciences business when I was at my um, when I was in the big PLC business and I they just liked the fact that I wasn't there telling them I knew everything about mm-hmm. um, pathology, and okay. uh, uh, what I was doing was recruiting directors of pathology for for uh, for the, this business. Uh, and I, didn't, I told them that I'd researched it, but I didn't know all about it. You were
0: not, you were not qualified. Exactly,
1: to... and if I did, they might have wanted me for the job. So <laughs> that's not my specialty. My specialty is going to find the people that can do it, talk to them honestly, mm-hmm. and get to build a rapport with them um, such that I can, I can recommend mm-hmm. them or I can put them forward yeah. uh, to business.
0: So, dialing back, how did you get into the headhunting recruitment industry? Because you worked... Now obviously you went to university, you um, moved into different jobs, but you were in a sales and sort of on the board of a fresh foods business for years. So how did that transfer into head hunting, or was that almost what you were doing anyway? It just, you formalised the process?
1: So I think my, my career was um, accidental and deliberate at the same time, depending <laughs> on who I speak to. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, Is that the I, answer uh, for your mum or yeah, the answer for your wife? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, uh, so from an early age, I uh, was at management at university, early age started running um, teams of, of people uh, in the entertainment world. Uh, I then worked in two further uh, businesses um, and kind of hit an, an early, uh, a ceiling um, quite early on. It was very ambitious um, and very driven, very enthusiastic. So I kind of hit an early ceiling. Air, uh, management positions within these businesses, okay. um, and I, I, um, I wanted to all the time taking a network with me, which was which was good. I've always had a I had a good strong network, and always managed to keep in touch with people. So I built up a, a good good level of or good suite of experience and, and skill set across uh, independent SMEs, uh, family business, not my own, mm-hmm. um, and then latterly I had an opportunity to. To join the food business, as you said, uh, as a board on the board, uh, as a commercial director at quite a young age, so that gave me a really, uh, really strong um, grounding opportunity. Grounding, yeah, strong opportunity to use commercial acumen as well, which I um, which which I took, grasped both hands. So we had a really, really good ride in that business, um, and it was uh, about seven seven and a half years, uh, doubling the turnover, multiples of times, and uh, and ultimately offloading in it. Um, so during that course of it, it was almost you know like a one-man band uh-huh. type operation and then setting that into having a brand, having a strategy. And distribution um, d- and everything. Absolutely, all yeah. of the above, factory, everything else. So it was a really, um, it was kind of business 101, but it was doing it in real life. But you are quite
0: hands-on. I mean, you would be going out to the customer's to to make sales as well as going at the board meetings to say this is the marketing strategy I mean it was all round you weren't just sitting in your ivory tower
1: Absolutely and I think that's the thing that I've realised I love Mm -hmm. Uh, and um, operating in a PLC that that was great fun and I really enjoyed it but I think within certain businesses, and PLCs are probably more akin to that, mm-hmm. when you get you do well at something, mm-hmm. you're good at sales, they say, right, you're really good at that, let's make you a sales manager. Mm-hmm. And then you're a good sales manager, they make you a sales director, mm-hmm. and then you move forward. Um, I want to, uh, I've always wanted to be, uh, my career plan was always to be a director um, on a, a board of a, a good growing mm-hmm. SME. Um, and I've, I've thankfully achieved that early doors and I'm doing it again. But I... I want to make sure that I'm on the tools, I'm mm-hmm. always out there because that's the thing that gets, that's my passion. I enjoy out doing, um, working with clients, working with um, uh, with businesses, um, you know, achieving sales uh, and new targets, that's the thing I get the kick So you from. made
0: the leap from working in that sort of growing um, food business and you enjoyed that but there was just something niggling at you thinking, I just want to maybe try my... Try my hand in the PLC world. Was that? Was that yeah. maybe so was I, it I was just in on a bucket list, or was it in the back of your mind?
1: So the the PLC was to to be kind of well rounded. Have the SME, yeah. the family business, as I say, not my own, um, and then look at what's the big PLC yeah. world like. So I I went to a well known recruitment uh, company, uh, Michael Page, Page Group, and had a meeting with them. Uh, about a couple of opportunities. There was a sales director and a managing director appointment. So you went
0: to them for, for potentially a job, not with them, yeah, but...
1: there was a couple of jobs that, that I was interested in, and then, you know, blinked, and then I don't know how I ended up... So they offered you, they went, yeah. oh, we
0: don't want you to take any of these jobs, we want you for us.
1: Exactly. So that was good, flattering, and uh, it was perfect. But not what I right expecting. Not what I was expecting, but at the same token, I had uh, a three-year-old and I had a two-month-old baby, And you know the the ability of going from that SME to the big PLC (laughs) world, everything's okay. Still stress and it's still Mm -hmm. hard work. But you know, if something happened to me, then I think you know you've got all the life assurance, all the all the benefit packages, exactly. And I was really keen to dip my toe in the water of that. I think um, what made ultimately made my decision from uh, was a sales director for a a food business. Uh, Again, that that was the opportunity I was looking at. and I was offered it. And what what changed my mind to go into page was I've always had a genuine interest in business, and I've always found it very easy to become passionate about mm-hmm. uh, a, a business, uh-huh. any business, generally any business. Um, and I met a lot of people over the years who have had great businesses or great products, great service, great offering, but they've sometimes haven't had the right people. Okay. And I've so recognised from that that I think. Um, no matter what it is you're manufacturing what it is you're selling product etc um, if you don't have the right people in the business then it, it's not it going to work, work. so I, th- I found that quite key and I'll, I've always been but, that was, you know, but
0: you're a people person so it's it's just say, it, yeah. it, it just, always just been makes a people it person. I've, always, I've always liked to chat yeah. but that's it and it made, I guess it was one of those kind of bizarre situations where you hadn't assumed you would be working in headhunting and executive search because well, it wasn't on your radar you thought I'm good at sales I'm good at SME building a brand I'm good at building a team I'm good at being understanding the factory floor to the top. I'll go and do it for somebody else. And then, so you worked in a big PLC, one of the a big world, uh, a big global organisation. Yeah. For how many years were you there? A good. So it
1: was five years. Five years. Five years at Page Group, uh, which was great. Um, lots of exposure um, and um, was was given more and more responsibility during the time that I was there. And I think the opportunity no I think the next opportunity for me at Page would have been to go and run a region overseas Mm -hmm. somewhere Typically, what happens within the big KLC. Okay. Well done, you've done a great job here. Let's go, let's go offer you somewhere it. else. Here we go. Uh, and I think I might
0: have taken the Australia gig if it was offered <laughs> to me, Ken. But anyway, <laughs> you're you're here in snowy Scotland. No, it was Iceland. It was I was Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> they were actually
1: not offering anything. <laughs> yeah, it was an igloo in Iceland. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I've got a great setup here. You know, I didn't want, to, and I meet a lot of people in the executive search world. I meet a lot of people, and what you know, what I genuinely enjoy is meeting people and understanding what their motivation is, mm-hmm. what makes them tick. Is it money? Is it um, work life balance? Mm-hmm. Is it just you said bucket list earlier, is it things that they want to get off of bucket list? They just want
0: to do it. It's so just in their I mind. I need to
1: find out. So for me and some people go and chase the house, the car, the the standard of living, mm-hmm. the um, the work life balance. So uh, and and they I find, you know, some people want to do it and chase that mm-hmm. all, all um for their, their whole career. I'm quite um, I'm Delighted with what I have here in the moment, family, family around the corner, mm-hmm. friends, etc., um, house. Um, so, I, you know, I don't want to go want and to chase go and her. No, move. I,
0: So you just thought, well, what? You, that was when you thought to yourself, I need to do this for myself. The SME building a brand thing was still there. It yeah. was still niggling at you. And you thought, yeah, I'm enjoying working for a big company, and I love what I'm, I, I love the actual job, the day to day of the job, and the, the process and the business. I just want to do it for myself.
1: Correct. Absolutely. And I think taking all the positives from working at a big PLC. Um, all and, that experience. And all of that. And Absolutely. All experience. And, uh, and they were excellent in terms of you know, wishing me well and patting mm-hmm. me on the back on the way. So, But they I, wouldn't have
0: been surprised. I don't imagine anybody was surprised, especially as one of your friends and, and I work with you. Everybody went, obviously. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was so... When you'd say, guys, got some news, launching new business, we went... We just knew it. Yeah. We didn't know it, but we just—it was the—it was an obvious thing. A logical to happen.
1: step. I th- I yeah. thought so, and it's still, it's still that um, you know, beating the pavement, going to the banks, going yeah. to working around to trying to make sure that uh, I've got it. I needed some confidence as well, and mm-hmm. you know, I actually I spoke to a number of uh, executive search um, recruiters, uh, other companies mm-hmm. as well, genuinely looking at whether I should maybe not just do it at the PLC, maybe go and work with for them. For another boutique. Correct, and there was a couple of opportunities to do that um, and go in, 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 in kind of leadership roles. Um, but that that actually it was really good. I met some great people mm-hmm. um, and people I still keep in touch with in terms of the, the owners of these businesses. Um, but it kind of reinforced for me that if they wanted me to go and do that, why, wouldn't I,
0: yeah, why shouldn't I just do you it myself? You've got to give it a bash. Exactly. So, and so four months down the line, you have an office in the city centre of Glasgow, Yep. you have a team now in Aberdeen, and you have a team that work for you, and you've also got a board, is that right? you have got a non-exec is? board, an Yeah. Non-exec yeah well. board. So you've got that support from others that have been there, done that with the experience. Can you tell us more about the people on your board?
1: Um, so th- they are really valuable um, to me. One is a, a non-exec finance director. Um, and he, um, well, does exactly what it says in the tin. It looks after <laughs> he the finances. He tells not spend yeah. any money. <laughs> um, no, he, quite the contrary. He is really good, you know, he actually makes sure that we look at the forecast and we look at uh, our budget and mm-hmm. he's very keen on saying, if you've said you're going to budget to spend X on this, mm-hmm. Um, do it, make sure you do it and you know he, he makes sure that get rid of that uh, money. <laughs> correct, yeah, he's he's very he's really good. He's really good. And so he's got um he's got a number of interests um and he's very well networked and, and does that and opens the door for us. Mm-hmm. So he's very solid, keeps me keeps us keeps mm-hmm. us well grounded. So um and our non exec chairman is um has a wealth of experience um, former chief exec of a big drinks business um, and he he really uh, he's, he's invaluable, he's always at the end of the phone and just kind of um, good, good fun, he's a kind of quirky um, but it's the more mature <laughs> a older, quirky more mature guy and he, he absolutely fits uh, with us. But
0: is it not, not just more that kind of solid attitude whereas the good thing about your attitude and the rest of your team is you're all go-getters, you're all keen, you're all up for it, you're all really always thinking of the next thing but I guess you need that solid pulling you down a bit. Definitely, definitely. Say, so no, uh, listen, yeah. look, look through it, and that's.
1: So we're looking at you know Aberdeen. We opened an office quite quickly in Aberdeen, um, all stacked up as a proper solid business yep. case. But I was keen to do that, and and uh, I am generally energy. You know, I've got a huge amount of energy, and I want to do that. I think where I find the need, the non-exec mm-hmm. team is. Just to to balance me on that, yeah. to make sure that I'm not just running off doing it. I'm not daft, but at the same time, you know, I know it makes business sense, or we can look at yeah. it and see if it makes uh, a solid business case. But I think um, they're just it's just reassurance for them to say, "Have you thought of this? Uh-huh. What about this? This is a situation I was in, etc." So I, I, yeah, it's re- that advice really and viable. support, I guess. Yeah. And
0: you're not um, bloody minded enough to think I know it all because nobody does. Absolutely. And that's so now that kind of brings us to what you have recently announced um, this week is a partnership with a coaching expert. Now, for those of you listening that are rugby fans, you will know who Tony Stanger is in a heartbeat. And those who are not rugby fans, I I'm really tell you right now to go and look on YouTube for Tony Stanger, Scottish rugby hero, and you will see the the talent um, from Tony now that is it does seem peculiar rugby and executive search but Tony has just to give you a bit of a background on Tony he is a rugby hero turned talent and co- talent and coaching expert so how he works is he helps businesses bring more confidence more strategy more coaching to their to their business via his skills that he's learned in sport so how where did that connection come from? And Tony, he's obviously a hero of yours with his background and, and you're a rugby fan yourself, so you must have been delighted to convince Absolutely. him to work with you. completely
1: delighted. Um, so the introduction was through a private equity company uh, and the um, uh, the guys at Nevis Capital, and they suggested that uh, we, should, we should speak to Tony. Uh-huh. So Tony's spoken to a number of companies over the years uh, in terms of, uh, I used the word brand ambassador, it's not something we're keen to use, mm-hmm. but that that type of position to work with a business that he really likes um, and thinks that there's opportunity to share learning. So um, Tony obviously was and is a Scotland rugby legend, top try scorer of all time, probably the most prolific mm-hmm. try in the Grand Slam in 1990. I remember watching it with my dad uh, at home, so uh, 10 years old, and but it's still uh,
0: the one of the most famous, absolutely. you know. And that's the thing. So for you. It's a real coup. Absolutely. Because he's brilliant. a hero, but also... But he's, he's also,
1: he's a, genuinely, he's a genuinely nice guy. And for us, um, that for Tony and for us, that fit was so important. That's the key thing for us. So, as I said, he'd spoken to a couple of companies mm-hmm. over the years, but he just, uh, he connected with he's us. He's a level we connected head. Absolutely. Yeah, really good, really measured. So uh, he's got the rugby part of his career. He's now this, um, you know, a talent coach. Uh, I'm learning a huge amount from him. Uh, and I think what we recognised and when we've spoken really openly is we can both learn an awful lot from mm-hmm. each other. Now, that's massively, you know, I'm really... Are you uh, teaching
0: him how to play football? Is that what's happening here? <laughs>
1: uh, to spin pass. Right. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah.
0: Maybe mountain biking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, um, but no, he's, he's, he's great. And he's, you know, I, I find it quite humbling, you know, saying things. like, Oh, yeah, Tony Sanger could learn something from me. But that's where our... That, you know, but, I can learn a huge amount from him. But in terms of the, the business world and... Yeah, the partnership that we've got I think there's there's a huge mm-hmm. amount of shared learning that we're really open open to do so I think that's the main kind of attraction yeah. um, to do it and I think for what, what we can op- offer our clients we always want to be better so we want to not just conform to the norm we want mm-hmm. to do things slightly differently we've done that from the very um, from the get-go mm-hmm. uh, our whole branding, our whole image our whole quirkiness around us um, we don't want to be off the wall crazy but we want to make sure that we offer something slightly different uh, and Tony just brings, it's yeah. a perfect a perfect, perfect add on to that
0: mm-hmm. Ken, okay, it's a little known fact that you are perhaps obsessive about exercise um, now I am obviously teasing um, but most people that know you know that you have a really strong attitude towards fitness and exercise, and that is c- completely mirrored in work and business for you. I mean, endurance events are big for you because you've, now I might get the terminology wrong here, so do correct me. Ironman champion, something that only zero point, this is, I Googled this, 0.01% of the population ever complete an Ironman. So, do I feel humbled to be in your company today? Not at all. Um, No, no, no. I wouldn't say champion either. I I, I would say champion. I smashed it.
1: Ironman struggler.
0: you managed to get through. (laughs) But, you know, you are the person, when I speak to you on the phone, you're like, I've been for a run, or I'm going for a run, or I'm actually going to use that hour actually between a meeting to get to go for a run, get back, get changed, go to a meeting. I'm going to get back from the office today, then I'm going to go for a squash match with a client. You bring exercise into your day-to-day. Is that a conscious decision or is that something you can't not do? You can't, you couldn't just go home tonight, I'm just going to crack open a beer and watch the TV, get some Netflix on. Why don't you just do that again?
1: Well, (laughs) (laughs) it is a conscious decision. It's also, I think it's also a bit of fun. I play squash with a client on a Friday night now and I really enjoy it. Friday, straight after work. Uh, I think it's great fun. I've been for uh, runs with candidates. If there's some candidates have been working with that, are, that
0: is seriously that are um, training for Someone a through their
1: paces. Well, they're training for a marathon. I they like, great, let's go for a run. So if let's you write meet
0: your up. CV and training for a marathon is to impress someone, Ken will actually take a lecture <laughs> and go. Let's go for a run then and see how your um, training's going. Some clients
1: that I have uh, worked with that are keen cyclists. They have uh, been doing training for events or doing you know long cycles. Um, so sometimes we 'll meet up and go for a cycle, so I just enjoy i think it 's good I enjoy it I love exercise I love the training element of it um i I find it it keeps me really well balanced so um you know sometimes in the day um last week um we had some some uh, so very very stressful Monday morning huge amount of going on, lots of things changing um, and Monday at lunchtime I just just uh, had to disappear, go for a run uh, to clear my head, come back and I was or most lot people more productive. Would lose
0: themselves in social media, wasting their time, or googling some weird thing to look at on YouTube. They would just get distracted.
1: I think, if, you, that, but you the turn thing.
0: that into. I think everybody, steam. everybody's
1: different, and everybody unwinds in a different way, and does and does that. So, I I really enjoy the release I get from from doing that. Um, I think, it, as I said, I think it keeps me balanced. I've got a huge amount of energy. I've always had a huge amount of energy, but I actually think it's getting. Um, It's becoming uh, greater as as I get older. (laughs) The more you Uh, do, the more you do. It's like you can't stop. But how
0: does that work with, you know, I hate the phrase life-work balance, family balance, keeping everybody happy at home. Do you find that, you know, the struggle to manage building a business, young family, I mean, you've got two sons that are five and eight, and, you know, your wife has a very big job herself. She works full time. She travels a lot. How, how do you manage all of this and fit in the run? Because most people ditch the run. They dip, That's the first thing that goes. They go, oh, well, my partner's travelling. The kids have got this on at school. My family that may be helping me that week, they're on holiday. The first thing they would get rid of is the exercise. Yes, but yes. you keep that yeah. in.
1: I think, uh, just because I think it's, it's again, it's, it's so important to me. It balances, uh, it keeps me level. Mm-hmm. So I, I make sure I prioritise it. So I'll do, um, I try as well not to steal time from from the kids so I was training first thing this morning I was at the gym at quarter past six so you'll
0: do um, that before they're up and before, before they're up right. so I get
1: back they're not up yet and I've done I've done that so I prioritise that to make sure I'm doing it if we're going on a going out with friends or we're going to uh, go somewhere I generally would run there or jump on the bike mm-hmm. try and leave early and meet, meet them there uh,
0: we have been for many lunches um, with friends where Ken his <laughs> wife and kids turn up and we say oh Ken is he not coming "Well, no he'll be here in ten minutes then Ken arrives on a bike, and what do you travel separately? The royal family can't all come together. And he's like, No, I needed to fit in exercise. What I've done is I've cycled, um, I don't even know how long you cycle mile wise to get to where we're going. <laughs> and I thought, I thought it's has been nuts, but actually, you're right. If you feel you need to do the exercise and it's part of your way of coping with busy life, busy stress, a business, you've got to fit it in.
1: Absolutely. And my wife does that as well. She enjoys, she's done a couple of triathlons and she enjoys doing that so um, r- routinely especially from early age we'd have you know, one of the kids on the doorstep Kerry would be in our gym gear ready to go and to I'm go- coming back from the gym swap baby I'll take the baby uh-huh. you go to the gym and so it's yeah. you know it sounds manic it could be manic but I think you know, you've know got to prioritize things but do you These find things, things, you things are, are a bit
0: it. easier now that your kids are older I mean yeah. know, the reality is years ago you wouldn't have been able to do as much training or maybe build the business to the level you're doing it because the kids demanded more I mean they demand more in a different way now yeah You've well, got fin- more commitments with school, and now kids are into sport, which is quite annoying. Well, this is a good thing. So, Finley,
1: <laughs> Finley's into swimming, so rugby, football. So, Finley's your eight-year-old? Finley's my eight-year-old, yeah. So, Blair's five and Finley's eight. So, Blair Finley has got into running, uh, really enjoys running, and announced to me about three weeks ago that he wanted to do a 5K run uh, with me. So, I was going to go for a wee jog mm-hmm. uh, anyway, and I said, fine, I'll, let's go together. I, I didn't think at eight years old he would do a 5K, mm-hmm. but I stopped... Managed it. I stopped at 3k and we were exactly a kilometre from the house and said to him right here we go you've got 1k left to go and that'll be 4k and he was furious he said no I'm doing 5k so, so where
0: does he get this sort of like <laughs> must be his mother dogged attitude from I don't know what's wrong with this child exactly. but, but that's the thing is blending that exercise into your life and so many people I speak to so many of my clients they find if they don't exercise and they don't find their release then they're just not better at work yeah, I and think that's, I think that's the you.
1: balance. That's the balance I've got. I've got a mentor I speak to, uh, I have done, He's ex-chief exec, chief exec of, a, of a whiskey business, and I've spoken to him for about eight years, and he's really valuable uh, to me. And he tells me, every time I see him, he tells me, keep doing the crazy exercise because it works for you. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. and, so and what is a, the
0: next big thing on the exercise? What, have you signed up to something that's coming up? Or at the moment, there's nothing you're training for specifically?
1: Uh, there's always an event. and That's my thing. I always put an event in the diary. So mm-hmm. I've always got... Uh, something So I'm doing a number of events this year I'll do. Um, I'm doing the Scottish triathlon circuit, so there'll be half a dozen okay. um, uh, Olympic distance triathlons. I've got Tough Mudder in the diary, uh, and I've got half Ironman booked in for the summer as not well. Not much then, not much. A couple of, a couple <laughs> of events. Um, well, building a but, business
0: and, um, you know, two young children to, to keep up with now. Not but manage, but keep up but with. But they're, they're a big
1: motivator for In terms of the endurance stuff, That's the, these events, I love... Just love doing that Mm -hmm. with uh, when the kids come along and watch, and they can't come to every one, but when they do, I think it's just it's brilliant, and I just love watching. I love them watching me do it. It's really a. But then, but you enjoy
0: it, and they enjoy it, and that's. But you've talked a lot about, you know, lead. You know, you actually enjoy getting the benefit of other people's support. You mean you've got a business coach. You're working with Tony Stanger from a sort. Talent and coaching expert to help you um, get better candidates for your clients, but also on behalf of your clients. So you you're not scared to get support and help.
1: Definitely not. I need it. Absolutely, I need it. I'm, you know, I can't do everything, and I, I'm I i recognize that I've got some talents, but I've also got a lot of um, a lot of um, feelings, um, and so I need to surround myself with people that can do all of that. And uh, I'm very very relaxed about so the photo shoot that we did last week to announce Tony Stanger the press release that we did I've interfered in that in no way whatsoever Ah. I didn't even screen the photos because (laughs) I've got I should concentrate on my strengths and leave that so you you pulled all that together Um, Tony pulled the press release with you and you know that's great That's that's the kind of um, so you're happy to take to have, the advice absolutely. from
0: others that have the skill Yeah.
1: And my, my skill is to point in the right direction and look and see mm-hmm. where I can assist and I do that with the guys in the business um, and where, you know, maybe there's pointers maybe we could do this this way maybe we could mm-hmm. do it that way but that's ruddering from my point of view I like to be, I need to be surrounded by uh, really talented people that have, and we've got a blend of, of skills so that we can and, that's,
0: and it's getting that team and every business needs a good team whether they yeah. are, you know paid employees or they are support consultants that you parachute in for different events or Definitely. Um, programs. And I think on that
1: note, with the, the yeah. culture of the business, so I'm t- we're trying to create a, a culture in our business that is that is genuine, that I can I can wholeheartedly go and speak to clients and say, I've created a culture in our business. We hire the right people mm-hmm. um, because ultimately that's what they're looking for me to do that's what they want. for them. So I I want to do that so for example we have no holiday policy in our business so no holidays
0: you just you're just don't take a break
1: no no yeah no no no, the opposite of that the uh, so if you need a day's holiday take a day's holiday there's nobody counting them there's nobody deciding right that's 25 that's enough Mm -hmm. do it so i think we're all grown up well yeah needs to be but that's the faith that we need to put in to see we've got the culture right so I can then go and say to clients, we've we've got the culture. Like, fingers crossed, we do. But you know, that's <laughs> I like to phone
0: think. MG search. Nobody answers. Yeah. All on a holiday because
1: everybody's on holiday that week. Yeah. But,
0: and Ken said <laughs> everybody must train for a triathlon, so they've all got this, You know, but that's, that's in
1: that's in the handbook as that's well. That's in the handbook. Everybody as well. has to do a triathlon <laughs> in the first year.
0: All <laughs> right. But I think Ken, what you're well, I think you're demonstrating to people that are listening is you're always striving for something else and some better bettering yourself and you know. Personal development sounds a bit cheesy, but I guess it's true.
1: I think but I think that's come from years of thinking, you know, am I happy in what I'm doing? I want to be better, I want that, I want the next thing, I want the next thing. That's not just to clarify, that's not where I'm at just now. I'm, you know, really content, really happy with what I've got. I just think sometimes you can do things better. Uh, and so you know, quite dogged when it comes to that with, with training, uh-huh. with, with uh, business and I think that's the thing with Tony as well he's always, yeah. how do we do it better and yeah. we tweaks here and Analyzing. there and not sitting down once a month or once a quarter and saying, right, let's have a look at this uh-huh. doing it regularly yeah. to see is how that you can improve assessment? So that's what I'm, I, yeah, I'm absolutely that's exactly my And note. so
0: we're in January of 2019 you're in month four, month five? Five. Of, five, yeah, sorry can't, the math is not a strong point for myself what is going to be happening this quarter one
1: of 2019, can you tell us? So we've got, um, anything. continue our expansion. So we've got Tony, which is great. Uh-huh. Um, we've got a number of great clients that we've kicked off the year with. Uh, a lot of clients working. you can't
0: tell us about because often you're recruiting for a senior member, which is obviously under a restricted Absolutely. secret oh. ban. So you can't talk about it. Secret squirrel. Secret squirrel. So
1: yeah, some of it is like that. Uh, others we can talk about. And we've started doing some some branding, joint branding with clients which is quite, it's a good bit of fun, mm-hmm. borrowing some brand recognition uh, and credibility on both sides, which is good. Um, so we're doing that, continue to do that, that's our that's our main business, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our mission is to be the number one executive search firm based uh, from Scotland. But uh, you can operate anywhere? We can operate anywhere. So we're doing a lot of work uh, overseas at the moment, we've done a lot in Asia, okay. in the Nordics. Uh, our next step is to look at an office out with um, the UK, and we've got two sites in mind for that, so, whether that'll be Q one, I, I don't I you don't, don't know. know, but we're certainly to do But that's on that.
0: the agenda. It's on the agenda, yeah. Great. Thank you for listening to Palompo PR the podcast. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned in today's episode. Follow me on Instagram at Palompo PR and subscribe on iTunes to this podcast.